Hey, why don't you go ahead and, and have a seat? If you need to grab a Bible, uh, they're, they're behind you on that bookshelf, or they're over on the, the lamp over here on your left. If you, uh, if you need one, just raise your hand. If you can't get to one, and we'll make sure to get you one. At Church Project, we, we've been going through the book of Luke, and we've been doing it at a very, very fast pace. As in, pretty much this whole year, we've been going through Luke, and now we're on chapter 8. So at this rate, I really did do the math. We're in it for another year at least. So I'm in no rush. Are you in any rush? Uh, going through this has been a really cool thing for me to do. This is my first real uh, teaching experience where I've taken a, an entire book and said, okay, we're going to go verse by verse through this thing and just kind of unpack it and see the goodness in here. And it's been really good. It's good to get in the story. It's, it's good to fall into the story of the Bible, especially in Luke. And Luke is, is an author. He's a physician. He's a brilliant man, much, much like Jared. Not a whole lot like other people I know. But, but he's, a, he's a brilliant man. He, he crosses all his T's, dots all his I's. He's done all this incredible work to show us who Jesus is and the life of who he is. I, I really appreciate this book. And, and what other book should we start in as a brand new church than looking at a book that teaches about who Jesus is? So here we are. We're in Luke chapter 8. I'm extremely excited for today's message. I, I hope um, we don't go for six hours. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. We're going to Luke chapter 8. We're going to be going through verses 22 through 25, or 25. So not a lot of verses. We're only going through a few verses, but these are some, some really, really good verses. If you've grown up in the church or if you've been skimming through the Bible or reading it, you may have crossed this passage before and read it and, and uh, you thought, okay, this is a pretty good story. I think I know all the details of the story. I think I know the point that Jesus is speaking and what he's trying to show us here. Well, I want to challenge you on that as, as we start to go through this. As I was reading this and, and, and looking through all the details of this, God hit me with something and I'm like, really? How many times have I read this passage? Maybe 15,000 times in my life, maybe not that many. That's a little exaggeration. I never exaggerate, but sometimes I do. Uh, I've read it quite a bit, a lot of times in my life. I think I even had you know, those flannel board Sunday school lessons in this, in this passage right here. But today I think something is going to jump out of the pages. It's pretty neat for all of us. So um, a question for you, though, is you ever feel like you're drowning in life? I mean, I, I do. Can I raise my hand? I do. Some of us, some of us, like, literally were drowning, right, the last couple of weeks? Do you ever feel like you're drowning in life and you don't know what to do? I would say pretty much every day that's me. Maybe you guys have got it all together. But there's, there's certain days where I just feel so overwhelmed. I feel like I'm drowning in life and I really don't know what to do. If that's you, this is going to be an incredible passage. So let's jump into it. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go. Let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped. And they were in great danger. Verse 24, the disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided. And all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water. And they obey him. 
I read this passage and I think about my life. I think about you know, storms maybe that I have faced in my life, times where I felt like I've drowned. Um, one of the things that has come to, to my attention here in the last, oh, I don't know, a little while is just that reading Scripture sometimes, I don't know if, if you've ever done this, but sometimes we read a story and we just kind of fly through it. We're like, yeah, yeah, got it, got it, water, sleep in, wake up. You know, we just kind of kind of go through it. And as we go through the book of Luke, I want to challenge all of us. I want to challenge us to do something. Slow down. Slow down. Let's, let's get lost in the story. Let's smell the smells. Let's feel what the disciples were feeling. Let's really look at the passages that we're going through and see what, 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 what Luke was talking about when he wrote this and how it applies to our life. And so I want to do something. It's a little different. Jared, you ready for this? Can you help me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask... I think we have, like, we have enough for everyone. I want to pass these out because there, there's a style of, of just kind of reading and looking and, and, and studying the Bible that is, is pretty neat. And in this passage alone, I found this and I thought, oh my goodness, how many times have I read through this passage and other passages in the Bible and I kind of miss a little bit of what the author intended for me to grab. Ever, you, ever, you ever been there? You ever done that? Okay, so there's a unique pattern in, in these verses right here. It's a rep, repetition pattern. It's for clarification and it's for emphasis as we look at just the structure of what's happening right here in the verses. See, Hebrew, the Bible was written in Hebrew, Greek, and when you would read it in the original text, so if you have your Bible, you can, op- you can open it up and look. That You see how there's, there's periods and commas? You see how there's capitalization? You see how there's chapters and titles and all that? Well, it wasn't written like that. It was written as one big, long line. And people would have to come, and they would have to interpret what it says. Right now, we have periods and commas and titles and chapters and numbers, and it makes it really easy. But the way it was written was a big, long line. And as the authors wrote this, they did something. And I want to point this out for this specific passage that I think is pretty cool, okay? Does everyone have your little piece of paper? Okay, here's, here's our verses. Look at the unique repetition that happens in these, in these passages. There's a pattern, uh, and, it, and it happens for clarification and for emphasis. So, so look at your paper, okay? The first one is, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go. Over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out, Right? So he makes a point right there, and then he goes on, and if you'll look at your B, he makes a point there, and then C is really kind of what this whole thing's about, and then the author goes through and starts answering what he just said in in A and B, okay? So for example, look, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and set out. Now look all the way down to the A at the very bottom. Where's your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. So if you look at the first one, Jesus says, Let's go. Look at the second one. He speaks again, but he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't make a statement. He asks a question. Where is your faith? If you look at the first one, the humans got in the boat, right? The humans, they got in the boat with Jesus. If you look at the last one, the winds and the water even obey him. So here we have in both A's, Jesus saying and asking and people responding. 
People, wind, and water respond. That's the A. Look how the author is painting a story, and in the end, he's even giving us the answer to it. Let's go to B, okay? As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. Well, look at the answer for the B. Go down to the B right there. He got up and rebuked the wind, and the raging waters and the storm subsided, and all was calm. Look at that. So in the first B, he fell asleep. In the second B, he got up. In the first B, they were in great danger. In the second B, it was calm. Is it clicking? Are you you seeing what's happening right here? And all of this points to C. This whole passage is about C. Now, I don't know about you, when I've heard this passage before, I would read this, and I would hear it, and I would see that, oh, the disciples got rebuked at the end, right? And Jesus asked them, where's your faith? And so my takeaway from this would be, I don't have enough faith. Many of you, would you think that that would be your takeaway for this passage? Right? I mean, Jesus got up, they woke him up, grumpy mood, and he rebuked them. But that's not the whole point of this. The whole point of this points to C. And let's look at C, and then we'll move on. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. The whole point Jesus is making here is that sometimes... We're going to encounter things in life, and we're going to feel like we're drowning. Is that you? What do you go to? What do you go to when that happens? Jesus knows that it's raging outside. He's sleeping in the boat. He knows that. And when the disciples finally get to the end of everything they know how to do, what do they do? They go and they wake him, and they say, Master, Master. Man, as we look through this, I want to pick apart a couple words that I think might, that have jumped out at me, and maybe they'll jump out at you. If you look in verse 22, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go. I like how Jesus says this. In my life, multiple times, Jesus says, let's go. He's calling us. He's pushing us. He's saying, let's go. And I like how he doesn't say, hey, you, you go. Like, you go into the storm. No, he says, let's go. Jesus knows that the storm's coming, and he still says, let's go, and he gets in the boat. How many times in your life has Jesus said, let's go? Let's do something. Let's move. He gives you a vision. He gives you a thought. He puts something in your path. He says, go adopt. He says, go to do missions, or he does something. He says something. He says, let's go, but notice when he says let's, he says, let's us. Let's go. Let's move together. I'm in this with you. My time often I found that complacency is neutrality, and when I get neutral in life, then I pretty much fall into a coma, okay? And when I'm in a coma, I'm pretty much dead. And it happens because I am just stagnant, and I just stay. Any of you find yourself in a point in life right now where you're just saying, I'm stagnant? Like, I, I've just been here for a while. And it may be in the physical things of our life, but it may be speaking a deeper spiritual truth. Are we stagnant in our relationship with Jesus Christ? See, nowhere in Scripture do I see Jesus just laying around and, and, and laying on the couch for days at end, just saying, hey, go Broncos. Sorry. Jesus is moving. Jesus is loving. 
Jesus is helping people. He's, he's going off and he's praying to his father in the garden. And he's building a relationship and experiencing that relationship with his father. And he's loving it. And right here he says, let's go. It's interesting that the Bible says go, the word go, 1,542 uh, 1, times. The Bible says stay 62 times. See, often God says, let's go. But if you're anything like me, I miss his voice sometimes. We can miss our, his voice when he says, let's go to us. We can miss it because we're too busy, or, or so we think we're too busy, right? We can miss his voice because we're simply just tuning him out and we don't want to hear his voice. We're scared what he might actually tell us if we stopped and listened to him, right? But we miss his voice sometimes because, well, we actually haven't missed his voice. We're just ignoring him. Like, we, we know what God's saying. Some of us, we may know in this place right now that God has been chasing us for a long time. But we're so proud that we're ignoring him right now. It's so comforting to know that as Jesus was about to send his disciples into this storm, he says, let's go. And he leads the way. He shows us how to do that. And as we've been going through the book of Luke, we've, we've seen how Jesus came and he lived on this earth. And he says, let's go. He's lived the life on earth. He knows. He does. He's experienced it, and he still enjoy, invites us to it. He's our liberating king. He was fully human, and he knows the way in every circumstance, and he says, let's go. So verse 22, the I, I, let's go jumped out. Verse 23, as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a, and a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. They were drowning. What's your great danger today? What is it that you feel like, yeah, I'm in great danger. I'm drowning in something. It may be an addiction. It may be circumstances at work. It may be relationships. It may be just spiritually. You feel like you are in great danger. The disciples, they knew right here that they were in great danger, and they felt like they were drowning. And how do you respond when you're in that great danger, when you feel like you're drowning? I like to say, I, I like to use this word a lot, it's stress, okay? How, how do I relate to my stress in life? Well, sometimes, guess what? I don't do so well with it. In fact, last night, I didn't do so well handling my stress. I started yelling at my family over a board game. <laughs> Great board game. It was awesome. You Anybody want to come to my house and play? Settlers of Guitar? You want to? I'll yell at you. No, I'm joking. But it comes out sometimes with me my great dangers, my stress, the things I'm dealing with in life, sometimes it just doesn't come out healthy. And knowing, knowing that time is, it's when I'm not focusing on who God is. It's when I am dealing with my own stress, my own danger, my own circumstances, everything that's going on in my own life. The disciples, what do they do? They go and they say, Master, we're in great danger. As you move on in verse 24, the disciples went and they woke him up and they said, Master, Master, and this to me is the central point of everything that Jesus is showing us right here, is that sometimes in this life, the proud people, they're going to perish because the proud people, they will never go and say, Master, Master. 
They'll say, I've got life figured out on my own. Like, I can handle life on my own. I imagine a lot of these guys, they, they've, they've had experience in, on the water. They know what they're doing, but it's gotten so overwhelming that they decide they have no other option to go and just say, Master, and Master, Master, I need you. Can you help us? And they call on the name of Jesus. In this life, tomorrow, we, you may, I may, Find something in our life that's overwhelming, and we may feel like we're drowning. So the question is, what do we do when we feel that? Do we just pull our our boots on and try to work harder and get through it? I do that a lot, by the way. It's confession hour for Aaron Havens. Or do we go and say, Master, Master? He's there. He wants to hear. Do we call on him? I know it's funny that when they say master, master, we're going to, what's the next word? Drown. Master, master, we're going to drown. As in, it's a done deal. Like, give me a hug. It was a good ride. Like, we're, we're going down. In their mind, they're like, it's, it's done. Master, master, wake up. Let's fist bump because this, this, this is over. Like, we're going to drown. They had already settled their fate. They would sealed their fate at this point. Sometimes that's me as well. I, I hold on to my pride to the very, very end. Like, I, I go to Jesus when it's, like, the very last option. You know, I, I try to logically think my way through the danger or the problems or the stress, and I try to handle it on my own, and, oh, yeah, I might, you know, talk to someone else. And all, those, are all, those are all good. Those are, those are good things, right? Kind of, except then I go to Jesus the very last thing. I'm like, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Like, I, I can't handle this anymore. I'm done. And he's like, oh, you decided to wake me up. Okay, good. Now I can come up, and now I can help you, because now I'm awake. Anyone there, or is this just me kind of talking out loud? Huh? I get some people shaking your heads, okay? Look at right here. He said, Master, Master, we're going to drown in what? He got up. I think that is such a beautiful point that Jesus, I wonder if he's down there acting like he's asleep. I'm, I'm just wondering. I wonder if he's down there acting like he's asleep. He's like, okay, they're about to stress out. They think they're going to die, okay. No, they're coming in. Oh, close my eyes, right? <laughs> he totally didn't do this, but I like to, I like to say this, right? Jesus, come, they, they come in, and he's like, you know, trying to act like They wake him up. Master, master, we're going to drown. He's like, finally, you know. He, but what's he do? He gets up. And this, to me, is an incredible point of this passage. Because complaints and distress is enough to wake him up. It's enough to get this man that's tired from everything that he's been doing in life. He gets up. When we go to Jesus with our complaints, when we go to him with our stresses, when we go to him with situations in life, that alone is enough to wake him up. He comes up on the deck of the boat and he looks us in the eyes and he says, how can I help? What can I do? Child, I love you. What does that say about the liberating king, the God of all eternity, that he's created everything that we know, but yet in the most minute of details, you can come to him and speak to him and shake him gently and say, Jesus, and that's enough to wake him up and to say, how can I help you? Are you worried? I'm the answer to that. Are you stressed? I'm the answer to that. Are you hurting? I'm the answer to that. Do you have pain? I am the answer to that. Are you lonely? I am the answer to that. Do you feel like you're an overachiever? I am the answer to that. I am the answer to everything in life, and I am here. 
But oftentimes, I'm not going to jump in and just save the day. We need to get to the point where we are dropping our pride enough, we walk in and we say, Jesus, Jesus, Master, Master, and we surrender all control of our life to him. Amen? He got up. Our fears are silenced by bringing Jesus into them. Our worries are silenced by bringing Jesus into them. All right, anxieties are calmed by bringing Jesus into them. Any of you worried? Any of you stressed? Any of you feel like you're drowning right now? Bring Jesus into those moments. And stop trying to do life on our own. Say, Jesus, I need you. So he got up and he rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. In verse 25 he said, where is your faith? Where is your faith, he asked his disciples. In fear and amazement they asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. But he asked, where is their faith? So oftentimes I put my faith, especially if I'm a professional fisherman, I put my faith in my good oaring skills. Is that is that it? Oaring? Could you oar? Is that what it's called? That's what I'll call it right now. That's what I put down, but I'm like, oaring? Is that a word? Right? And my sailing skills. Oftentimes I, I put my faith in, oh, my buddy's a good fisherman. He'll get us out of this storm. Or I put my faith in, yeah, this is a nice boat. Like, this is top of the line boat. Fine craftsmanship right here. It can handle, it can handle this storm, right? I put my faith in so many different things all around me. And then I'm like, oh, wait, all this is failing? Jesus, help me. He comes up and he says, where is your faith? I do the same thing. I put my faith in so many different things. We put our faith in money, don't we? We put our faith in our health. Oh, I'm strong. I'm, I'm healthy. I'm whatever it may be. We put our faith in our government. We put our faith in our security. We put our faith in our youth. We put our faith, quite honestly, this may sound a little backwards, sometimes we put our faith in our community, in our church body, in our friends, in our family. If my girls put their faith in Aaron Havens, their dad, I greatly rattled their reality last night during the board game that was supposed to be fun. Sometimes we put our faith in areas that we shouldn't. I would say a lot of times in my life, I put my faith in places, people, things that I shouldn't. Jesus wakes up, gets the sleep out of his eye, comes up, says, hey, storm, calm, looks at the disciples and said, it's about time. It's about time. He says, I am strong enough to calm any storm in your life. Do you believe that? I'm powerful enough to do that. And I love you enough to do that. Some of us, we beat ourselves up to the point where we're just too embarrassed to go ask Jesus. We're too embarrassed to take him our stress, our worries, our fears, and our anxieties, our drownings. We're we're too embarrassed to do that. Don't beat yourself up over this. Because Jesus... He's looking at you. 
He's just waiting for the cue. He's waiting for the wink. He's waiting for permission. And when he comes in, it's going to be incredible. Now look at this passage at large. And yeah, I think it's really cool that the let's go, Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm going into this with you. I'm not sending you alone into this. Like, let's go. Let's do this thing. And wherever Jesus goes, you know that there's going to be security in that even if the waters are raging all around you. I got excited for this one because, well, one, the pattern of how the verses and all this stuff happened and the beauty of, of, of how Scripture's written. And, and I hope that part of it, if you're real analytical, maybe that part of it was like, whoa, like the Bible does this kind of thing, questions and answers all in the same verses? Yes, it does multiple times. And maybe, maybe you should go home and I, I can tell you the next passage does the same thing. And so maybe it'll just whet our appetite a little bit where we go home and we open our Bible and we begin to read it on our own and study it and smell it and, and pray over it and get the nuances of it. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And if you're only reading it on Sunday, you're missing it because I'm not that smart. So tomorrow morning, when you go to the next passage, Hopefully it jumps out at you and you see the beauty of it. Today, though, what I would like to do is I would, I would like this just to close our Bibles, shut down our phones, and we'll, I'd like us just to spend some time in reflection right here. I mean, I can, I can talk, and I've talked for a while this morning. A lot of words have mumbled out of my mouth. But without the Spirit of God moving in your heart and moving in your, heart, in your mind and in your heart, those words are just meaningless. And so this place, my prayer right now all week has been that God would encounter you in this moment right here. This is where we get to focus on who God is and what he's showing us in these scriptures. So I'm going to ask if you would just close your eyes. If you're like me, It takes, it takes me a while to calm down. It takes me a while to get, in the, get into the mindset or the posture where God can break through my mind and break through my heart. So we've been together for a while this morning, but maybe just in, right now in this moment, just hold your hands out in front of you and just say, God, here, here's my life. Here's my distractions. Here's my worries. Here's everything about me, and I want to give it to you. I just place myself in your hands, God. Please speak to me in this moment. Just be still before God right now. Ask him, say, God, speak to me, please. Show me who you are. Some of us, as we've been speaking, God has already been moving on our hearts. He's already been showing us things where, I don't know, maybe we're worried or or we feel like we're drowning or something specific. If you would, if if it helps you just mentally, put those things in your hands right now that you're holding in front of you and just say, God, here, please take my anxiety. Please take whatever it is that God's showing you right now. Because He's that strong. He's that powerful. He loves you that much. 
disciples went and shook Jesus. He woke up and said, here I am. Jesus is doing the same in this place. Here I am. Some of us, as we read through this passage, maybe we realized, you know what? We're just pushing ahead of God. We're missing his voice. Like we started rowing out into the lake long before he said, let's go. Is that you? Are you rushing through life, doing it on your own pace, at your own time, your own way? Maybe we need to slow down and listen to the voice of Jesus. Others of us, yeah, we know what God's been saying. He's been telling it to us on repeat for the last who knows how long. We know God said, let's go, let's do this, let's participate in this. Some of us, it may even be God saying, will you finally surrender control of your life to me and call me master, master. Let's go, let's do this thing. But our pride's even keeping us from doing that. If that's you in this place today, you know that God is calling you. He's saying, surrender control to me. Then in this place, would you just do that? Just put your hand, put your life in those hands in front of you and say, God, here's my life. Take control of my life. God, I'm sorry for living life my own way my own plan, my own time, and it's led to nothing. God, I want to surrender control of my life to you today. That's you. Just say, God, take my life right now. It's yours. I will call you master, master. God speaking to you in this moment? He's God of the universe, yet he whispers to each and every one of us. What's he whispering to you? Stop drowning. Call on Jesus in this moment. the thing that stood out the most to you is that you've put your faith in the wrong things in the boat in your skills in your friends and Jesus is saying all that's going to fail all your money everything that you know is going to fail put your faith in anything other than Jesus Christ it's in the wrong spot I believe God wants to continue speaking to, to all of us in this place but I want to invite us just into a time of, of response so I'm going to ask you right now if you would just, just stand up we'll just continue you can worship God in, in multiple ways one, we have, we have people up here to your right that would love to pray with you. They come up here and pray over anything, everything. 
maybe today was the day that you said, yeah, I want to surrender control of my life to Jesus for the, for the first time. This is your thought. If that's you, I definitely want to talk with you. I want to tell you the good news of what that means. Maybe in here you're going to worship God and respond to Him just by sitting in silence. Or where there's offering, we can worship God over back there or singing worship to God and who He is. Like in this place, it's time for action. He's saying, let's go. Let's go, not because I'm requiring you, but let's go because I love you. So I want to pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for encouraging us and showing us who you are, teaching us, at times maybe even today rebuking us a little bit. God, I pray that in all aspects of our entire life, we will call you Master, Master. It's in your name we pray. Amen.